and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for May 15th to June 13th, 2018. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. Before we begin, I want to thank all of our listeners for your support and feedback for this podcast. It means so much to us to hear from you. And I want to remind you that I've set up a Patreon page just for you with bonus audio, meditations, playlists, and other treats related to each episode. This month, I've added a special Earthroot meditation to help you stay grounded amid all the changes this moon cycle. You can check it out at patreon.com slash moonwise. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your insights about what the stars and the sky is telling us about this upcoming month. Thank you, Dorote. It's always a pleasure. I really love our conversations, and I'm happy to be here. I don't know uh, about our other listeners, but I certainly felt that past full moon in Scorpio very strongly. I personally felt like I was a flower that just kind of shot out out of the ground and grew like six inches in two days or something. Um, And so you know, I think many of us have felt that way with just that powerful spring energy and that full moon. And um, yeah, just Hope everyone's doing well with that and, and looking towards this new moon in this next cycle that's that's here for us. Uh, yes, that the the full moon was um, very impactful for us, and I really appreciate you bringing that up as we begin this um, forecast that we can weave in and thread the last month and the month before that in feeling this momentum, feeling the cycles, feeling the rhythms. And so right as we're moving into this new moon in Taurus, uh, Mercury, believe it or not, finally came out of its shadow just a few days before, meaning it could really start to, to deliver the information of what it was gathering over the past month. So with that can be, right as you're listening to this lunation, you might be saying, wow, I just got some information that sort of blew my mind or some changes that are going on or some disruptions. And that doesn't mean anything bad. It just means that uh, there's more upheaval in play because of all of, um, you know, the different shifts that are going on, uh, as you talked about with the planetary and the cosmic uh, changes, and then what's going on in our lives that is kind of shaking out. So as we move into this lunation, um, Usually we're feeling, again, that sense of the Beltane we just had, meaning, you know, we slow down when Taurus, when the sun's in Taurus, we feel we're so excited to be outside, but maybe to put, you know, a cloth on the earth and be able to relax and enjoy, you know, being outside, walking by, uh, you know, um, the water or just being able to picnic to feel really good about spring and how it takes us in our bodies. Um, and yet this particular spring has a lot more punch to it. So um, it doesn't sometimes feel in the normal way that, you know, a, a gentle sort of slow down Taurian energy can feel. It's a powerful lunation. I keep feeling like I'm saying that every month when we're meeting, but it's just the way the energy is right now because everything really is at the much bigger way launching us into um, the age of Aquarius. Um, so a really elevated time. So when we talked about or thought about this new moon in Taurus on the 15th of May, there's there's a lot of significance 
right on this day. So it's one of the things I was thinking about is when we talk about maybe a theme for the new moon, um, the, the, the word that came up for me was change maker or reinventor. And I thought about change maker with this lunation because um, a lot of times we react to change. Like if something happens in our lives and it creates something that requires us to change, we sometimes can feel like we're reacting. But this moon is going to uh, invite us into a much deeper um, opportunity to create change in our life that is long-lasting, um, that has a broader implication to us, and really asks us to be innovative in that way and be creative in that way. So a lot of times we'll be introducing maybe other people in our lives, or we go to look to even get, uh, you know, when we when we want to be inspired, we go, oh, that person's a change maker. They really are doing things in the world. And so I'm hoping that this empowers all of us through these times to say, hey, we're change makers too. We are being innovative and creative in the ways that change is asking us to be in our lives and we're stepping up to it and we're um, coming together in that way. Because a lot of times when change happens, we get into fight or flight. And so we're not in a relaxed kinds of kind of creative way to be innovative. But the energies that are available to us in this lunation and going forward are going to partner us with um, ways to think and ways to be open to visioning and seeing in a way that allows us to co-create, in a way that allows us to be um, uh, a little bit, bring more to the table, so to speak, as opposed to just saying, tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's like we're telling each other what to do and then we're seeing how we can all um, bring our assets and our talents to the, t to, to the situation so that we're working together. So as we talk about Taurus, this is a new moon in the fixed earth sign Taurus. Taurus is ruled by Venus. Um, and so generally we would say with a new moon in Taurus, the thing that is most uh, important to us is um, manifesting or making real, creating something into form. That's what Taurus is all about. Being ruled by Venus, it says, let's just not bring anything into form. Let's bring into form what we really care about because that's what Venus rules. It rules, you know, that beautiful heart energy. Um, because this is a very earthy, the earthy element is Taurus, then what happens with that is it's um, focusing us on the material elements of life. So that's what we said about spring. When it comes into spring, after the seeds are planted in, in Aries, and we start with that I am, then Taurus takes us into the next phase, which is, well, what do you have? What are your natural talents? What do you live around? What is your landscape? What do you call home? You know, what do you make real? What do you manifest? So in that way, Taurus says to us, that's great, but grow it into something. And so what we're really about when we're um, in that new moon in Taurus is we're planting the seeds. Remember, every new moon may plant seeds for growth throughout the lunation is we want to plant those golden seeds around what we want to bring forth in our lives. So last time we talked about the vision boards and vision bowls in the sense of what is it we would like to bring into form. And then Taurus says, okay, let's start bringing it into form. Let's materialize it. And um, in that way, we can have this dance between having a relationship with the material world, 
So that includes our bodies. It includes everything that's around us. It includes that which is our material objects. But it's also saying if you get too attached to them, then you're putting all of your attachment in the actual material items around us. So when we think about if we have kids, you know, we think about how kids get, like, how they sequentially become, um, they create ownership for themselves. So they start with that sense of they have no idea of what's around them, and then they yeah, they attach to us, and then we give them something to say, hey, this is an object, you know, that sort of gives us a transition between you and me so you can be on your own, you know, like their love object, like their little doll. And then, you know, starting to get that sense of how do we bring, a, a, you know, an actualized sense that we can exist without the material around us, that we can hold it in the security within ourselves. How do we self-soothe? How do we do that? So we all have difficulty with that. But, you know, as Buddhism teaches us, when we cling to something, fear teaches us to cling to something. But when we relax, we realize that we're really safe. So this is sort of that, the, the deeper sort of question or intrigue that Taurus invites us is that, yes, build, have a relationship with the material, love what you've created, you know, build out what your dream is. Just don't get confused that that creates security, um, that that gives you everything you need outside of you, because then we start to attach too strongly, and then we get overly materialistic. Then we start to hoard. Then we start to get confused, um, and we can't let go, and we can't evolve, and then we can't um, share, right? And then we can't have that sense of letting go and allowing um, the generosity of our spirit, which is really what Venus wants. It wants us to grow it, but it wants us to share it, and it wants us to live together in it, enjoy it. That long, Think of the long table outside where everyone's sharing their meal. That's really what Venus wants in a Taurian way. It, it doesn't really want us to go, no, that's all for me, and you can't have any of it. So it's that, it's the psychology or the, or the, or the challenge that we bring into this whole journey. So when we're when we're creating these these experiences with this new moon in Taurus, we want to imbue in it, or we're being invited in the in this time to imbue in it how to create more of a sense of uh, again openness and generosity, and by giving more we get more. Uh, so everything that we build and we grow and all of those things, of course, they need to have boundaries and be our own. But at the same time, we we don't have to confuse boundary with lack of safety. You know, I think that's kind of we're at those crossroads, you know, in our world right now. So the, the other big thing that's going on with this lunation that simply can't be ignored, that on the same day on the 15th that the new moon happens, um, several hours later, Taurus and, uh, and is welcomer or is going to be the home for Uranus. This is the first time this has happened since 1936. So we've got this energy that this Taurian energy, which is, again, be land-based, grow your landscape, understand what is beneath you. Um, we want you to feel really secure um, and materialize. And at the same time, Uranus is like all about breaking free, being disruptive, being a change agent, be innovative, uh, and disrupt the steady state of what has been. So something totally innovative and unique can be possible and inventive you know, can happen. So with Mars moving into Aquarius, it's also saying, okay, great, you, you have been 
knowing yourself, a self-identity is available to you that's unique, and you've been taking action on that. You know how to fire everything up. But now let's do it with a plan. Let's do it with uh, an architectural sort of integrity to it. Let's have a sense about it, um, a blueprint. And let's do it not in a way that's been rote, like we've done it before, but let's do it in a way that truly makes sense to who we are becoming. So that's that energy is in there. Um, and, and that's all happening on the same day, which is pretty intense. So major restructuring. And yet with the restructuring is a lot of surprises around saying, don't pour the concrete yet, because there's some major I major problems with the design that you thought you were making about what was really going to be sustainable for you and build build out your dream and your legacy and you know for something better. So getting back to this idea of Taurus, I think that we um, sometimes can think about Taurus in very simplistic ways that isn't really doing service to Taurus. It can be more oversimplified, like it's basic, security driven, you know, the bull mascot archetype, but it's much more complex. Because as we talked about, it's securing the resources we need on an earthly level so we can survive. And when we talk about ruling by Venus, it holds a deep love for the physical as an embodiment of the love of the earth. So when Taurus gets too earthly, we get too attached, as we talked about. Taurians, by nature, can have a little bit of resistance to change because they want things to stay the same. Um, so that can be sort of a little bit of a lower frequency of Taurus, but at a higher frequency, it's got a lot of perseverance. You know, it's got a lot of tenaciousness in that sense of saying, I don't give up. I am really going to work this out um, at the material level. Um, so this this energy of, you know, Uranus, which is all about the sky, it is it's timeless. It's the internet itself. It's like, you know, let's just get that communication going. Let's have equality. Let's have everything be free, everything be, um, you know, liberated. And Taurus is about the landscape. It's earthbound. It's time-driven, you know, because it's the seasons. It's the day and the night. It's the crop cycles, you know. It's it's everything around us. When we look, we see it's all taken and, and it's all understood through through land, through the earth. So if we think about a goddess with, with Taurus um, or the earth, it's, well, who's the goddess archetype? It's Gaia. It's Pachamama in the, in the Mapuche called Mapu. You know, every tradition, Demeter, um, has, has the mother archetype, the great mother. It's as big as it gets, and it includes ferocity and patience and unconditional love and warmth and difficult challenges. It's got all of the elements in it, right? So it's absolutely huge as an archetype when we're encountering the earth. And so when we're encountering Taurus in some ways, we feel like it's just all about, you know, the four walls in a sense or, or you know, structure and safety. But when you think about it, it's really mother energy because that's what the mother holds beyond the material world. So it's really big in that embodiment of earth. Um, and, and so if Taurus, if, if Uranus is coming in and says, I'm going to I'm going to disrupt that, not because I don't love it. It's just it needs to break free into the new era. So we're going to th see a lot of earth healing, earth changes. And we just saw that with the recent, um, you know, um, volcano and the intensity of that volcano. And the, um, you know, we, we go through that in the spring anyway with a lot of tornadoes and 
and then in the summer, you know, through the hurricane seasons in the fall. But with with the volcanic eruption, it's got that, I think, that, that sensation around uh, watching the experience of the earth changing slowly before our eyes and everything opening up and everything being kind of burned down into the essential, you know, in that way. Um, so it's how the earth got created is through these volcanoes in a lot of ways. And so in that way, we're saying, whoa, we're right in front of something that is becoming new, that is blasting apart. And so that's going to happen inside of us as well as around us. It's going to disrupt these, these um, what we felt were, were um, you know, uh, things that we could count on that were changing us. And so even though Taurus teaches us how to slow down and appreciate a step-by-step building process in our lives to ground and stake our claim and root where we are planted, Uranus is going to say, you know, that's a, those, are, those are really always important kinds of skills and qualities to have that we can survive anywhere. Um, it's just going to say we need to break apart a piece of that. I think that one of the pieces from a psychological level that happens with what Uranus can offer us right in this lunation is it's saying that something within us has gotten buried. Something within us. So if we think about something, you know how fossils happen? Or something can become petrified, so that can happen through trauma. Or something within us has gotten, you know, imprinted or embedded in us that is from our history. So what Uranus is going to be doing is saying it's beautiful that we've become earthbound and yet something got buried inside of us. Now, there's a beautiful metaphor. What is that saying? We thought we got, they thought they buried us, but we were seeds. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that a Mexican proverb about, mm-hmm. so we've talked about that about, so the beautiful part is, as this disruption happens, we talked about that last time, that these heirloom seeds, original seeds of our culture, of our world, you know, um, are going to move forward with cultures and with original people that are now, you know, bringing forth the medicine and that we are standing with and saying, yes, this can't be buried. This is the, this is where we all started. These are our original stories and with ourselves as well. So we're going to you know, really find that the story is going to change. There's a new earth story in play that has to do with the awakening of, that something got buried alive inside of us, and then also the breaking apart from something that we need to release ourselves from, which an earthquake will do as well. Um, so the one other thing I want to say about this, and then just kind of um, talk with you about you know, your impressions of what you're hearing, because it is so big, is that if we think about Taurus being this beautiful, um, great mother energy that is inviting us to manifest, manifest from our heart, um, and be able to enjoy the spring in that beautiful way of, of you know, building forth and bringing something into form with our own two hands. That's why we think about gardening or making something in clay or, or taking an actual hammer and a nail. You know, that's what Taurus really loves. It's just bring your personal inscription. I don't know about you, but I still have so many of the, um, uh, of the ceramics that my daughters created because it has their little fingerprints on it, you know, it's like so beautiful to me that I can't get rid of them. You know, they're really like just beautiful, um, you know, precious uh, kinds of, you know, pieces to me. And I think that's what the great mother says to us. She says to us, you're my children. I love you so much. Whatever you create is important to me. You've got your little fingerprints on that. So, make something meaningful for yourself, right? So so I think about that for us as we have this new moon. It's like, 
don't put your fingerprints into something that doesn't have value to you because it is an imprint. We're bringing our imprint to something and something really important at this time in our world that is so chaotic. How do we bring stability? And yet, how do we not confuse what we build as that is all that creates stability, that we get too material, too driven by that, you know, in that way? So, you know, in that sense, how do we, like we said, become change makers? But in that way of how do we also see that the world has gotten into the hands of the few. And I think that Uranus, the exciting part about this, is going to say, uh-uh, we have to free it for everyone. So as, the, as water's gotten privatized, as food has gotten privatized and it's being manipulated, as, um, you know, who gets to live where, who really owns the earth? Well, we're stewards of the earth. No one owns the earth. Um, you know, so it's that sense of everything becoming liberated. That's what Uranus is really interested in. So I think that we're all part of change makers to say we're going to be part of this solution of saying we have to take that out of the hands of the few and bring it to the many, liberate the food, liberate the water, liberate the land. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, as we know, battles with that. But we come together with the collective saying that's where we have to not get confused about, okay, if I have water, then I'm good. If I have organic food, okay, I'm good. You know, that's what's being said. If brothers and sisters of mine are suffering um, because they don't have the rights and the equality that I have, oh, geez, that's unfortunate. And I'm watching it on the internet to say, no, get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves. Like, we have to bring what we have that's going on and that we have the luxury of um, and we have to say that's not good enough. We have to become change makers and walk together and become activists in that way. And I know that I've been really reflecting on my privilege and really reflecting on areas that I thought I was so cool and right and good with and saying I haven't even begun to really be a part of what that means, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that we're all being asked of that in, in a really humbling way and a way that's not so easy, but I think in a way that's really important and part of this as being part of the keepers of the earth and the earth and the new earth story. The other thing is that, so this new moon is in, you know, is in Taurus. This, the sun changes signs into Gemini on the 20th. And then on the 29th is a full moon in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is, um, likes to bring, not bring information into knowledge. It likes to have a broader global consciousness. So again, it's not that general sort of easy. None of these lunations are necessarily getting us off the hook and being lighthearted because they're all about these bigger, broader sorts of fundamental changes that we need to be upgrading um, on all levels. So that Sagittarian moon is going to give us that sense that we're going to already start to feel and see the bigger map of where we're going with what we want to build, how we want to build that together, and how we want to build that individually to be more sustainable, to be more green, for lack of a better word, to bring the legacy in for our future. Um, so as I, as I open all of this up in such a big way, um, what I would say about Taurus in general is that it can be like a labyrinth, you know? Uh, and so it, in, sometimes we can get lost in the labyrinth of the physical walk. And I think what Uranus is going to say is it's going to open up in some ways the patterns of what the labyrinth provides to open up um, ways to free us out of what can sometimes feel like we're lost. 
So how is this all hitting you, Dorote, as I'm just giving this huge overview of what we're starting to walk into with this lunation? Wow, yeah. Um, there's so much beauty and so much rich, potent teaching in what you just shared that I, I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that again, or maybe listen to it later in the month, because there really is, there's a lot of wisdom packed in there um, that upon a second listen, I think can really start to bloom inside of us. Um, and, you know, I had a question about working with change and, um, you know, this hits me really personally right now because I'm actually packing up to move across the country. So my outer landscape is changing a lot and my sense of security will definitely shift. But one thing that I'm working with a bit is this idea of idealism. And for me, um, Sometimes I have to be cautious about balancing idealism with change because every so often I'll catch myself thinking like, oh, in my new home, everything will be perfect and I'll have the perfect diet and I'll exercise and my life will be so happy and joyful. And while there's definitely a ton of opportunity to reset and start new habits and enjoy you know, new hikes and new friends... There's also this sense of like, hey, be careful, be careful with that idealism because it's still going to be you. It's still going to be your story that you're bringing with you. Um, you're not going to escape. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, that like change is not an escape from the reality of what we have. But do you have any thoughts about how to balance those things as we move with change? Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because actually that's the antithesis of, the, of Taurus, right? Because Taurus is stable. Taurus is stay in one place and this is a way you can, or your relationship to the rhythm of one place, and that creates stability. And then you're saying, yeah, but stability can also be a trap, right? And so let's open up to something that offers us um, something new. And in the something new, what I'm hearing you say is, in the change, we have the opportunity to imbue in the change. Like even every new moon is change. Because in every new moon, when we think about starting a new process, we go, oh, we can imbue in that our intentions, imbue in that our dreams, imbue in that what we want to, you know, like a new, a new whatever that might be for us. And as you say, with that, we disregard or we feel like we're in a way escaping um, so it, it almost what 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 you're, I hear you in a way saying, change is so awesome because it gives us the reset. It gives us the starting over and to create something that maybe wasn't possible where we were, but at the same time we were part of what got created in where we were, and if we don't um, keep a sense of connection to how do we how do we create that in an inside job? Like, how do we mm -hmm. work with change inside, not just outside of us? Because then we're giving the power of what will create, because what are we really saying when we say, oh, with this, I can have something better? Um, it's sort of disregarding where we've been. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. And that personal responsibility of Correct. So it's yeah. two things. It's one, it's almost like dissing. So, it, and that's the funny part is like, we always have to remember that what we've outgrown at the beginning of it is something we maybe longed for. 
and so the exact thing that we're letting go of, because that's just the way the classroom goes in earth is like we create something and then it's when it's, you know, it's given us everything that we need. We sort of like, then we want the new thing. And so then we don't, <laughs> have, we don't see it as being valuable when we go, okay, even as we're letting it go, we need to, we also need to bless it in a way we need to say, Hey, this, all the challenges, the difficulty, what I'm letting go, I can't completely disregard it because it brought me here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I honor it for, for whatever that might be. And I wish it well in a sense as I'm releasing it. Um, but it's always an inside job. And I think that's what I was talking about, about this sense of what, what creates stability in the change. Because I think as we go to something that has change, and like you talked about the idealism in it, and then we see some of it was an illusion, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then we go, oh, I assigned it as being so wonderful. But then as I get closer to it, so that's perspective just like we're up on a mountain and we go, oh, that that looks so beautiful. I think of that sometimes when we incarnate. Like we see, oh, I'm going to incarnate in that family or I'm going to incarnate in that idea. And then we drop into it and we go, oh my God, I had no idea what it really looked like <laughs> close up. It's like, what was I thinking? You know, I thought I'd be around all these creatives. And then I go, oh, they forget to make me dinner. You know, it's like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, it's like that too. Like we have, we don't, we're not in the weeds of it. So we don't see what it's really going to look like inside of it and feel like it. Uh, and then what we have to, what the challenge, the new challenges that come along with the idealization. So it's, you know, it's, it's all of that goes in it. So I think this teaching that's going to be there with, um, with in any way with Taurus, because again, it can give us a false sense of security. Like if I, if I create this outside of me, I'll be okay inside, you know, just mm. that idea. Um, uh, and then at the same time, the sense of, if I, you know, I have to, I have to allow change to occur because it will offer me so much new growth and that we assign something outside of us ourself and we get too attached and we need to remember that, um, stability and change, which are sort of, you know, work hand in hand, even though they're kind of opposites or the yin and the yang of that is an inside job. That's the security inside of us then psychologically uh, in our core allows us to work with the change and allows us to even find the illusion in the change, like you said, Mm -hmm. um, and allows us to bring personal responsibility to the change as well to say, well, yes, but I still have to collaborate with it. And in order for it to for, for me to get comfortable in it, because just like you talked about, we, you know, in all the, the new changes that we're having also can create a lot of disequilibrium and then we're uncomfortable in it and then we get overwhelmed by it. And so that's when we need to also create grounding and security and, and get our roots to feel like, okay, maybe they kind of like when roots are in a potted plant, you know, as opposed to being in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, we get comfortable like saying, okay, this is transitional. So I think when we're doing like really big changes and <clears throat> we have to keep in mind that we need to have, um, some, some way that we can create stability for us, uh, for our roots so that we don't get too exposed. And then we can't take advantage of creating the new home for ourselves, mm-hmm. transplanting ourselves. Thank you. That's so helpful. I think the most important thing we want to say is, as we enter this lunation, as we move through this month, we want to, if it feels very different for us, we want to honor and say, well, of course it would. And we might start off with those bit because again, Uranus is timeless and it just starts to um, have those vibrations that 
immediately come into sh- to form, um, that if we might see that and feel that, um, that we understand that it's, it's part of the new landscape. And the other thing I guess I would say with new landscape is, um, or the landscape around us, that that's the earth. So we want to be more tuned in to our inner landscape, like inner landscape, meaning how do we take care of our inner, our inner earth? How do we take care of what is it that we really want to be eating right now and what wants to grow inside of us and what needs attention, what's been um, not been tended to in a while in our psyche, in our emotions, in our thought field, in our physical bodies, in our relate, what's the landscape of our relationships, what's the landscape of our literal earth and what's the landscape of our collective, what's the landscape of our politic, what's the landscape of, um, you know, the global picture. Um, all of those things. And that gets me into saying that now more than ever, anybody who doesn't have their astrology chart, literally the chart, the compass, the, the, the wheel, uh, it's a, an, a really important time to just have that and know, for example, where's your Taurus? What house rules Taurus in your chart? That's going to be the one that this is really going to play out. doesn't mean it's not going to speak to the whole chart but it's deeply going to play out into that house. So we talked before about the flower essence recommendations, and I was really feeling into that for this one, and I think we'll have more for for next time, but um, a couple of them that I'd say were optional if this feels right to you, so I'm just going to give a brief recommendations that, if it makes sense to you, might be either star thistle or chrysanthemum. And star thistle is really wonderful if you have a fear of lack, like I'm afraid that I won't have enough, or have an inability to give and receive freely or trust higher providence, meaning that I can be generous and inclusive and I can feel good about sharing um, and that there's inner abundance. And I think a lot of us kind of struggle with that. And Star Thistle can help that so that we don't withhold because we're afraid of, you know, like almost hoarding, like we don't, we more won't, we won't get more if we release this. That can be true of our resources. So I would say if that feels true to you, maybe a a dose of star thistle might be interesting for you. And again, chrysanthemum can be when we, again, feel too connected to everything around us in the material world, and maybe we have to give up a few things or we're going through some changes. Um, Chrysanthemum helps us feel more transpersonal. Like it's not just, we're, uh, we're not just earthly, but we're also you know, we're beyond the earth. We're, we're spiritual beings as well. It can help us loosen up the grip so that if we're also feeling like we're really getting challenged with the material, like we're going through changes where maybe in our money or things like that, because money's going to really change um, during this seven-year cycle as well. How we, you know, our currency, our real estate, all of that is Taurus. So we're really going to see some changes in that. And so the ability to have faith and to know that these changes are, don't, you know, they scare all of us, but they don't have to, they're going to scare more of us than some of us. And ironically, people who have less are going to be less affected than people who have more, right? Mm. Because that's what it challenges. So it's sort of an interesting paradox. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Exactly. Thank you. So I would say those two, but in terms of flower essences. But more than that, I think it, I would say more because Taurus is really about the about the relationship to the physical and to the earth herself, um, working with the, either the spirit of Mother Earth, of Pachamama, whatever our traditions are, or our culture, or our relationship to lineage, um, and thinking and finding out about what is the Earth Mother archetype 
um, that is a beautiful world story to think about. And a f- the female embodiment of the feminine that lives in the earth um, and sort of work with that and work with that within yourself. And then, but it, the other thing is more like intuitively feeling, for example, um, what trees, like if you have a tree that you really love, do uh, some research on that. What kind of a tree is it? Where does it come from? That can just give you a sense of the remedy of that tree. Then you can look it up and say, well, what does oak mean? What is el- elk? So what is elm supply? Um, willow. So that gives you a little bit more of an intuitive sense of what um, the earth is really offering you, um, as well as things like, um, let's say, a, a, a flower that you walk by or a plant that, you know, a flower, a plant that you smell that really opens you up. And then you go, oh, okay, the earth is giving me a remedy. So I like us to be more intuitive at this time to say, let's get outside and do a little exploring, but really walk the earth, walk what where's around you, a garden, you know, um, uh, a park or a natural area. And what's your local landscape that really has a lot more remedy to it than we might think? Tune in. And that will give us a lot. Don't. Again, this is sort of like that sense of collaboration and being a change maker. A lot of times we go to people, practitioners, which is great, uh, and say, what do you recommend for me? But I'd love everybody to go into your intuition and say, Earth, I'm tuning in. Um, Gaia, you know, the divas around, the, you know, just the, the Earth herself, the fairies, like, what do you want to offer me? What do my spirit guides want to offer me? And feel what you feel tr- like you track. We forge, we track. What is out there that we feel tuned into? Pick it, you know, and then uh, if it's not poison ivy, and then uh, go home and find out, you know, take a picture of it and say, what is that? And then we can do that research and find out what it is. And it's beautiful that way. So I would recommend that as a practice, um, that sense of inner security and asking, you know, those bigger questions that we want to ask about what have we gotten attached or given a myth that it grounds me, it makes me safer. What would I, what would I feel lost without? Those kinds of things, um, we get a sense of what we've given agency outside of ourselves, which doesn't mean that we are in, that we're not connected to everything and we can't trust. It's not that at all. It allows us to be more trusting to say, how can we offer that within ourselves? What do we need to build within ourselves? What do we need to anchor within ourselves? Open up within ourselves. Like we said, what got buried that needs to be opened up and circulating? That will offer that. And that Gemini sun is really going to do that because Gemini communicates. It gives us information. It lets us learn something new, you know, and that will help us a lot. And then the other thing is as we move into that full moon in Sagittarius, Sagittarius translates the information into knowledge, into greater philosophy, into um, a new pla- a new perspective. And that also invites us to get out of our comfort zone and to meet new people and to open up, you know, into uh, a greater kind of learning than we thought was possible to become our own teacher. So I think that that the broadening of all of this will really be helpful in this lunation as things are breaking apart and as we're starting to get a bigger sense of what the seven years may be asking of us in this new earth story. Thank you so much for those tips, Susan. And I especially love the recommendation for opening our intuition to earth medicine. And I just want to remind everyone that you don't have to be a plant person or feel some kind of special thing for trees or flowers. Um, Everybody has the ability to communicate with plants. And if you're 
wondering how that's possible. If you're walking down a street and suddenly you stop or you notice the smell of jasmine, that jasmine plant is communicating with you and it is literally sending its medicine to you. So just remember that, that anytime you notice or observe or smell or see something in nature, that piece of nature is actually talking to you. So trust that. Absolutely. And I, I would could not agree more, especially in urban settings. We, we, just, we just assume that nature's not around us and it's everywhere. So we can hear it, smell it, see it, feel it. Um, and, and with that in mind, the other thing I'd say as we're closing is crystals. Um, especially I think about chrysocolla is the, is the, the one that is most uh, embodied of earth. You know, it almost looks like turquoise. So you can look it up or go to a, to a gem uh, shop and find chrysocolla if that resonates. It's beautiful. Our garnets, raw garnets as well, uh, very beautiful. But all crystals are um, gifts of the earth. So they're, they're wonderful ways as bringing sky to earth and earth to sky, which has been a big theme in our talk today. Um, and the other thing I would say is think about it, um, a geode, you know, how the outside, it just looks like a rock. And when you open it up, there's this gorgeous crystal inside. That's the teaching of Taurus. It, that's the teaching of Venus, like this myth that something is, that's a teaching of us, like a body, right? And inside the body is everything. Inside the earth is everything. So that's the wisdom of what Taurus has to offer us. And really feel that as we start this new moon. Look for the hidden gems within all of us, in our landscapes, in ourselves, and let that magic, that beauty, and that hidden, and sometimes the deficits and the needs, all of it, our consciousness is here to tend to that and to receive it. So I hope everyone has um, you know, a really beautiful month. It's going to be... Um, textured and rich and confusing. And um, and I can't wait to hear from everybody. And we really always appreciate that. I love getting the feedback from everybody about what your experience was and maybe how the podcast helped facilitate a little bit more of um, a collaboration with it. So thank you so much again, Dorote, once again, for curating this beautiful, beautiful um, platform for everyone. Thank you, Susan. And for anyone who wants to find out more about your work and where they can find you online, tell us about where we can find you. You're welcome to find me on my website, everydaymedicinewoman.com. Facebook is the same. The business page is everydaymedicinewoman.com. And Instagram is at Susan Lipschatz. And usually there's little bits of updates on um events, local events that might be happening. There's a Body, Mind, Spirit Summit that I'll be speaking about women, power, and the moon that will that is up on the website if you have an interest with lots of wonderful, wonderful thought um, leaders and change makers, like just like we were talking about, that speak about unique sorts of topics. And um, uh, there, if you email me at Susan, an everyday medicine woman, if you're interested in an individual consultation, I do those locally and on Skype. So I'm happy to um, to offer that to you. Wonderful. I definitely recommend those individual sessions with you, whether you live in the Chicago area or you want to get in touch remotely, they are very potent and powerful and helpful. So thank you, Susan, for everything that you offer. Thank you. And inviting everyone to stay current with Moon Tenko because you just keep providing more of these beautiful remedies for everyone, for, for women during our moon time and uh, seasonal changes. Uh, they're just fantastic. And I know you're just beginning uh, all of your conjuring. So we're, we're also excited to receive everything that you're uh, brewing up for us. 
<laughs> thank you. Well, that does it. So thank you so much and wishing everyone a beautiful and grounded and balanced moon cycle as much as we can. Definitely. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the show. You can get access to the Earthroots meditation I created for this month, as well as other bonus offerings over at patreon.com slash moonwise. And if you haven't heard our recent episode with herbalist and folk healer Sophia Rose, I highly recommend it. We talk about digital hygiene and we get real about our collective addiction to smartphones and discuss the urgent need for more balance in our use of technology. Sophia offers some extremely useful tips for reclaiming our time and attention, as well as strategies for decolonizing our minds. You can listen to that episode and all our previous episodes on Moontent.co or subscribe to Moonwise on iTunes. Our theme music is Butterflies March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time.